Welcome to the Small Town Comeback Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Summers. These stories feature builders, dreamers, and doers in Vernal, Utah. These folks are making a big impact in our small town. Today, I'm chatting with Sam Passy, Uinta County Library Director, and Quinn Benyon, Vernal City Manager. As our small town grows, things inevitably change, but we don't want everything to change. Sam and Quinn were both instrumental in saving an important asset to our community that's over 100 years old. I think this story really shows how much our community cares and how we're going to have to work together to preserve the great parts of a small town. So here we go. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. So excited to chat with you. I'm curious, we're starting out this uh, podcast asking everyone the same question about what do you love about living in a small town? Because it's often a different experience than living in the city or... Um, living in a more suburban area. So Sam, what's something you love about living in a small town? You know, I like that I can take my kids out for a walk and we don't have to go to a special zoo or farm to see wildlife and animals and things. You can just walk down the road and see the chickens and the cows and the hay fields. I really like that rural connection, connection to nature and and family for me. It's fantastic. And Quinn, if you were to describe our town in three words, what, what are three words you would use yeah, so our, our vernal community, our, our rural area, I would describe as remote, uh, recreation, and vibrant. Amazing. Those are great. Tell me a little bit, Sam, about uh, Kids Canal. It's a really special place in our town, and if, if no one has been here or never heard of it, can you kind of paint the picture of what Kids Canal is here? So the Kids Canal is a linear park that's tree-lined, has some beautiful cottonwoods. It has a nice walking bike trail that runs alongside about a half-mile stretch of the Ashley Central Canal. It was dubbed Kids Canal about 100 years ago, and it's been used consistently as a park. Um, It has benches alongside it. There's little fishing holes, a couple of rope swings, and it's a wonderful place that's in town that, that really connects the community with a, a greenway from Main Street to um, 500 North. Perfect. Thank you. And morning, noon, and night, anytime I drive past Kids Canal or go to Kids Canal, it seems like someone from the town is using it, whether it be someone walking their dog or a parent taking their kids to let them tube the canal or teenagers climb in the trees like it's it is a well-loved well-used park in our area yeah. it what's interesting is it's it, it's not it's sort of an informal arrangement right it's not it's not dubbed a park and here's your sprinkled manicured area that you can you can it, it, it's almost this organic uh, informal park that people discover right? They discover yeah. and, and enjoy. It seems like that's part of the appeal to there's sticks, there's rocks, there's trees to climb. There's, you can throw the rocks in the water. No one's going to get mad at you. It feels like a place where kids can generally be kids. They can explore. And I think kids kind of crave a little bit of that wildness, untamed things aren't perfectly clipped or, you know, you're not going to get in trouble if you get a little dirty. Um, so it's this really adventurous place for a child that safe for the caretaker as they're watching their child, but the, the child themselves really goes on this 
adventure when they're there. Yeah, Kids Canal has a lot of history for a lot of people, and and we've heard about that the last couple of years, and we'll we'll get into the reasons why. Personally, I remember swimming in the Kids Canal. I grew up in Vernal, and I, I remember the tubing and wading and swinging in Kids Canal. And you know, th- th- there's fabulous memories as a child when you when you have those experiences in nature. Something magical is it's been this magical place for a hundred years, and it's something that even today I I take my own kids there, and we we go tubing down the canal, and they play in the dirt and the mud, they climb the trees, and it feels like such an oasis in our community, and something that so many families for generations now have had these really meaningful memories there together and it was I didn't realize this before but it was Vernal's first greenway um Sam Sam can you kind of fill us in on what a greenway is yeah so a greenway is kind of like a park it's a natural area and because of where it is and kids in 500 west it really cuts through the heart of a Vernal and connects kind of the downtown area to some of the more outlying areas up towards the high school. And it's provided a really fun way for kids to see nature and families to see nature right right in the middle of town. You know, they can pedal their bikes over there, walk over there. Just a couple of weeks ago, my son dragged his kayak over there and floated down in his little kayak. And, <laughs> you know, we were lucky that we caught it when the water was at the right level for that. Yeah, the... the- the Greenway or Linear Park, you know, it's been recreated. Now, now there's you know, they have the trail on it, but uh, you, you know the benches. It it's, acts like this connecting park. Yeah, and it's one of the few free water play areas around, right, Quinn? As far as right, in yeah, you, yeah. The, uh, there are other places you can interact with the water, but most of them are you know the state parks. You you have to have the pass or. Or the rec center. This one you can go enjoy. Uh, walk to, bike to, uh, vehicle over to. Yeah. And like you mentioned, uh, Sam, it's kind of right in the heart of our of our town. So it's very accessible. Kids can ride their bikes. They can walk. They can skateboard. Um, whereas a lot of kids are subject if their parents are off work and can take them on an adventure. But this one, it allows kids to kind of have that self-directed play or self-adventure if they're old enough. Um, Quinn, what are some of these activities that you've seen the community enjoy at Kids Canal? Because it's kind of diverse. Yeah, it get to nature in, in the middle of town. And that could include the walking, biking, jogging, uh, sitting on a bench and reading a book that you feel like you're, you're not right in town. Uh, kind of a, a, a little getaway right right in the small, you know, in this area. Like a multi-purpose yeah. park. And, and again, with the wading and swimming and previously fishing. I don't know that, that many fish there now because it's not stocked. But it was, I don't know how many people I've heard mention that that's where they caught their first fish is in Kids Canal. Wow. They got hooked. Yes. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quinn, kind of tell me recently what, put the canal at, at risk. Yeah, a lot of attention has come up on Kids Canal the last several years. It's been close to five years now. Uh, there, there are other canals in our valley. They provide a, a, 
excellent resource for our irrigators. And we have quite an ag sector uh, here in the valley and have for, for many, many decades. And, you know, like, like Sam said, the, the main purpose of the canal wasn't for recreation. The main purpose is for irrigators to get the water to their fields and their crops and, and their livestock. Several of the canals have moved towards re, uh, piping the canal to reduce water loss. And so we've seen three other canals, four other canals move that direction in the last several years. And Central Canal Company, which is the kids' canal, <laughs> except it extends uh, close to 10 miles, the canal does, uh, they have made movement towards uh, funding and designing piping of the canal. So what happens when you introduce the idea of piping kids' canal? you know, and, and potentially removing this this community asset. Yeah, what was the community's reaction when they heard that? Um, some members got really engaged, right? Yeah, it, I think it took a minute. Um, I don't know how many people that aren't irrigators know that the thing is called Ashley Central Canal. And so it took a minute for that connection to be made. But once that connection was made, I think there was a pretty robust, healthy public comment um, period that, that people became engaged with the canal companies and the other agencies that were involved in planning to pipe this and said, wait a minute, we've got this, this cultural, recreational, historical park place that, that we've enjoyed. What are we going to do? How can we, can we save this? What are the options? And, and there was a significant campaign <laughs> by uh, particularly one of the neighbors of Save Kids Canal and even to radio ads and, and newspaper spots and a lot of social media of Let's Save Kids Canal. Yeah, when I would take my kids there, I would see on the benches these, you know, pl plastic signs to say, please sign the petition, please save this place, please come together. And um, it seems like a good case study is when small towns do experience growth and change of how do we preserve those things that are so special to a small town of why people want to live here and what do they love most about a place like ours? And um, Sam, you were very up on current events to be aware of this. And tell me what, what did you do to, when you heard out, heard that this was happening, you, you made a collaboration with the museum, right? Certainly. Yes. Um, so the heritage museum has an initiative they call center for stories and they're all about collecting local stories, things happening now that might make for good exhibits in the future. And, and the thing about history is the time to collect it is, is now. And so regardless of what decision would be made about the history or the future of the Kids Canal, was it going to be piped? Wasn't it going to be piped? As soon as the museum staff found out about that the community was going to have this, this event to celebrate Kids Canal, we said, well, we've got to be there. We've got to get there with recorders. We've got to see if we can film some documentary snippets for this and preserve the history of what Kids Canal looks like now and the people that are using it and recreating there. And um, so we launched this project called Kids Canal Stories. Excellent. And with your Kids Canal Stories, it was, it was multi-platform, right? So tell me what was all involved with Kids Canal Stories. Yeah, so there were three components. The first one was a website called kidscanalstories.org that was set up to give people a place to um, learn a little bit about 
Kids Canal, and then also to share their memories. It was a collection tool for us. The second aspect was a little um, teaser trailer for uh, a Kids Canal Stories film just to get people interested. And then we did a short documentary that um, we're going to be expanding in the future on um, about Kids Canal Stories that incorporated some of the things that came in through the website and the interest from the Save the Kids Canal rally that was held. It wasn't really a rally, but celebration. Yeah, um, a community celebration. Yeah. And people showed up. They really came and they played with their kids there. And they, um, at least when I was there, they you had um, animal experts there talking about the local birds that were there, the local animals, and there was painting and bubbles. And it, it was a really fun celebration for the community to kind of honor the special place. So with your with your website, we had multiple people submit memories of their interaction with Kids Canal, from growing up to Kids Canal to gen- generations of experiences. So we have three here. Um, I'm wondering, can we'll each read one from different community members that submitted their story of, of Kids Canal. Sam, you want to go first? Sure. This story, it's really neat. It came in from Tyler Labrum. Says, from the ages of 10 to 12, Kids Canal was basically my summer playground. Sometimes I'd have a friend join, but often I was alone. I'd pack my rod and tackle box up and ride my bike to the canal to catch my sport my spot before anyone else did. I knew not to fish near the rope swing. Swimmers scared the fish away, and there were too many people anyway. I typically fished just south of Fifth North. One of the biggest brown trout I'd ever seen sat right at the edge of the pool. He sat right at the water's edge, nearly within reach. No matter what I presented to that old brown, he never hinted at being interested. Every time I'd swing by, he'd be there, calmly treading in his own domain. I'll never forget the calm I felt during those hours I spent totally immersed and focused on the task at hand. (laughs) Love that story. So I'll add one from Melanie Anderton. We spent countless hours on the canal enjoying spots like the swimming hole where a thick rope hung that you could swing on before letting go and splashing into the refreshingly cool water. We often met our friends at the canal, and even though we thought it was all about fun, it was also about growing up. We were learning how to face our fears, how to handle unforeseen challenges on our own, and how to help our fellow adventurers when things went awry. That canal taught great life lessons, and it's hard for me not to travel back in time when I drive down that old canal road and relive the memories my sisters and I made there. Love that. This one's from Marnie Barris, a a local mom. She said, When we began taking in young foster kids, I needed a place to get out in the mornings. I started walking with them along the kids' canal, and it became part of our morning routine. The two little ones rode in the stroller, and another rode on his little bike. We'd pick up sticks to throw when we reached the bridge. We've adopted two of those little ones and are about to adopt the third. We still love to walk along the canal together, although they won't stay in their strollers now, and they love to stop and explore everything. Thanks for reading those. I just think it kind of casts the net wide on the different kind of experiences that this place in our town has offered to residents old and young, a place of peace and and adventure, really. So, Sam... You were really kind and let me be a part of that filmmaking process of making that documentary. Can you kind of catch us up to speed on after the documentary was made, who did you show it to, what impact did it have, and kind of 
take us up to speed on where we're at now with the impact of, of these stories that are being shared? Sure. So the short answer is we showed it everywhere we could. Um, we screened it at the library, at the museum. Um, what I really used it for is to show some of the library's partners and people that give, have given us grants in the past, uh, some of the projects that we're involved with in helping give voice to community members for whatever their, their interest is. As a government agency, we don't, we don't pick sides. We don't say, you know, save this or don't save it. It's just, here's the story of this group's effort to, to save the Kids Canal, which is kind of Act 1. One of the things that this has led to is the, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's the National Resource Council. Um, it, it's the, the agency that's um, helping fund the piping of the Kids Canal. They saw this. They saw the documentary and the work that we were doing and said, hey, can we use this as part of the mitigation for the, the loss of the historical resources to the point where they're going to put $10,000 towards creating an act two of that film that in addition to the, the Kids Canal and kids-centric story also tells the story of the, the irrigation aspect of it, you know, and the, and the other uses of the water involved. And so that's been really, really rewarding to, to have a warm reception to that and um, help plant seeds for other community history projects that we'd, we'd like to investigate in the future. Quinn, can you tell me about the document that was signed by multiple parties um, about uh, the decision about Kids Canal? So a, a little to tag on to comments that Sam had, uh, and this is where why we're talking today and, and sort of the, the conflict that occurred and became this community project. You have the, the Central Canal Company, Ashley Central Canal Company, that wants to pipe, has a desire to pipe, and then the reaction from the community of, let's save it. And so through the process, it's NRCS. You, you had the, <laughs> the acronym. It's um, National Resources Conservation Service. There we go. They, they provided <laughs> the funding for the canal uh, to be piped, but also through that process they go through a fairly thorough public involvement, public input, and uh, environmental impact, historical and environmental impacts. And these stories just spoke, right? These are such powerful stories. There's these stories about childhood and memories and growing up and nature. How do you, how do you say that's all gone, <laughs> right? How do you say, nope, we're, we're going to seal those up in a pipe now and, <laughs> and run it run it down the stream. So that, that was where the, this collaboration really s significant collaboration occurred to save the canal and the end design ends up being, uh, an open channel from, from, from fifth North for a half mile from fifth North to main street, which is the, the considerable kids canal. kids canal. Yeah. Perfect. So with that collaboration, several parties agreed to mitigate the impact, right? Um, Correct, and, yeah. And Those involved, so the the parties involved, the canal company and RCS and their design firm and, and also involved is the city and the county in Naples City because our stormwater empties into the canal at different portions. So, yeah, that, that uh, agreement to come together 
and find a solution that uh, meets most of, of all the desires, community desires. One of the key players was the our local UN Recreation Board and their role in this. Uh, and and they currently maintain that greenway and and keep it up to where people can enjoy it as a, as a linear park. They also became a key solution in how do we keep this portion of Kids Canal open. They were some of the, the irrigation water, again, majority of it's used for agricultural purposes, but some of it makes its way to the golf course. And so they were able to find a solution where they would purchase some more canal share water and allow that to be used through that open channel and, and keep it as a waterway. Amazing. So they're helping keep Kids Canal alive through their efforts. Yeah, it was awesome. a great, it was a really good uh, solution with multiple entities involved. Fantastic. That's amazing. What do you think it says about a community that that like stands up for, you know, the things that it values and um, we almost lost it, right? Like it was, but it took like so many great citizens and, and partners to, to come together and find a solution, right? To preserve what's so special here. Yeah. I, I see this experience, this um, s- story, if you will, uh, uh, speaking volumes to the impact that the individual can have and it wasn't just one individual, it was it was lots of individuals. But to have a neighbor take take this active, active role and and bringing people together to speak out and speak up about saving Kids Canal. Yeah, you know, this wasn't a group of lobbying firms getting paid a lot to to um, manipulate a situation. This was a bunch of moms and dads and grandmas who banded together to present alternatives. I think that was a, a big part of it. You know, they didn't just say, hey, save the Kins Canal. They said, well, what, what are your goals? Maybe there's something along the way that, that we can do that we can all win on this thing. And, and I think that's one of the amazing things about Vernal and about the resilience out here in rural Utah is the way that people find practical ways to work together on things like this. Yeah. Do you either of you have any advice as our town grows or as small towns continue to evolve and change? What do you think we can do to help preserve these little gems and not only preserve them, but intentionally design more spaces in our community like this? Yeah, this is a result of people speaking up and, and appropriately it, it wasn't uh violent <laughs> it wasn't uh illegal activity it was uh, finding the appropriate people to talk to the appropriate mechanisms and appropriate process to be involved in and i absolutely encourage uh the those who are passionate about x y or z as as their small towns change and evolve or even uh, they, they don't want uh, maybe decline for them to step up and start speaking and connecting with others and hearing these st- powerful stories. Sam, what do you hope for the future of Kids Canal? You know, I, I hope that, um, that it'll be there for the next several generations to come. And I hope that in other areas where maybe there's 
your family's favorite corner here or there, this thing that your family knows about that no one else knows about. One of the best ways that we can save those kinds of things and those stories is to to tell them and to record them. So if people have those kinds of things, I, I hope they can stop by the the Heritage Museum or the library and let us know about them. And, um, and who knows, maybe uh, someday you'll have a plaque in front of your favorite... Uh, favorite corner, historic corner, creek, <laughs> right. or you, you name it. Definitely. No, thank you. I'm curious, um, Quinn, what do you hope for the future of Kids Canal? Yeah, we, because of the solution that was arrived at with, with all of these entities and finding some common commonalities, that section of Kids Canal, or what we all have named Kids Canal, will be able to maintain water, be able to still be used for most of what it's been used before, uh, and and still be this this greenway that we've talked about. Beautiful. I hope for that too. And you know, and to continue these memories. You know, the uh, decades of memories can continue on. Yeah, because it's been there for 100 years. Hopefully we can have it for the next 100 plus years, right? Right. Well, thank you so much both for being on. Um, the work that you're doing is so important and it really does make a huge impact in our town. So thank you. Thank you. This show is produced by Summer Creative Agency and V6 Media. This podcast is sponsored by Vernal City, Strata Networks, Uinta County Tourism and Events, and Uinta County Economic Development. Check out our show notes and website, smalltowncomeback.org, for documentaries and more content about these stories. 